0: Our reading this morning is taken from Mark's Gospel and commencing to read from chapter 15 and verse 40. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. It was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from him, the centurion... That it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, because thou are afraid.
1: Thank you, Alan. It's good to see you all here. My name is Ian, and we are continuing the story, which we started on Friday, and I mentioned on Friday, it was one half of the story, and today we have the second half, the completion may be of a whole new journey so before we jump in let me pray heavenly father you know more than we do father we come before you to ask would you help us once again uh, see this resurrection the way you intended it may it leave everyone here impacted by what christ has done may we not walk out thinking it doesn't matter because if it is true then everything is changed. And so, Father, speak to us directly through your word and through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Restored with hope. There's no doubt uh, I've written about today, but if there's one thing we need in our world today, it is hope. Hope beyond just what we see in this life. More than that. And even as we start this journey, this moment, on Easter Sunday, let's be really clear that from the outset... The point of all the Gospels, the point of the New Testament, focuses on one key thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, right up front. Uh, More than that, of all human history that we have lived so far and to date, if there's one event, one date, one point in time that everything is changed and different, it is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That act, that cornerstone of divine intervention and human history is the marker of all things. So I want to be really clear about that. With the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have everything. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have nothing. With the resurrection comes salvation, comes hope, comes a future. Without the resurrection, we have no salvation, no hope, no future. We're still in our sins. That is the stark contrast of what we are speaking about on Easter Sunday. N.T. Wright puts it like this, the resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It is the decisive event demonstrating that God's kingdom really has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that now you're invited to belong to it. Two things will happen at the end of the message. I'll remind those who are in that kingdom to remain in that kingdom and to remain there firmly. And secondly, for those who have not yet come into that kingdom, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer to take that step to enter into that kingdom. That is how decisive this moment in time is for all of us. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and your faith... And my faith is absolutely futile. That is the truth of this moment. Key to our resurrection is Jesus' resurrection. Of course, the Apostle Paul will go on to say in verse 20 from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Such a crucial moment. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, point to this fact this reality check they bring their unique experience as to who they are how they write into that moment in time the new testament moves us to this point it's they're all rich accounts yet one thing we could say is missing one thing is missing how did it happen you see no one saw the actual resurrection how did it happen But what is absolutely critical is the simple fact that it did happen. And many, many people have testified to it. There's no doubt about that as people write that from a historical perspective. And yet, keep in mind, none of Jesus' followers expected that to happen. None of those around expected this momentous moment in time, where he would rise from the dead. They got to this point between uh, on, on the Friday of feeling disheartened, dismayed, dispirited, depressed. I don't imagine by Friday they checked their social media feeds and thought everything is going to plan. This is awesome. It wasn't like that if they didn't expect the resurrection they certainly didn't think it would end like this and yet we know because history tells us something dramatic happened that's one thing you have to wrestle with if you're not there yet so let's jump in as we think about restoration's end game most people consider that friday was the end game how could he continue on it's all over this is it, Friday broke their hearts, it's the end game of all their hope, there's no way back, all hope has been lost and you need to be reminded of those who are there, the emotional roller coaster they were on, the heartache they must have been feeling as they watched Jesus. Now we keep saying the gospel is good news and it is good news but maybe the reality today is we have to check out is it true news? I want to say it's both it is good news and it is true news and that'll be affirmed as you see how Mark himself writes think about how he gets to the end of chapter 15 some women were watching from a distance among them were Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome in Galilee these women had followed him and cared for his needs many other women were also there So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it and placed it in a tomb. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Uh, Men understand that, as Mark writes, as other accounts do, the women were present. Women understand you were there you saw more than likely the trial, you saw the beating, you saw the crucifixion, you saw him die and indeed they saw where he was buried. Can you imagine just for a moment how tough that must have been to watch, to think, this is their Lord, this is Jesus, this is the one they cared for, this is the one they worshipped, the one they served, the one they loved. How could this possibly be making sense to all of them? It was a tough moment. As for the men, we'll leave that aside for the moment. How hard it must have been to watch the horror, to see it all. You see, sometimes I think we live in a parallel universe. There's our world and then, of course, there's the world of movies. Now, many of you maybe know, strangely today, they tell me it's April 21. Would that be right? They even tell me that in three days' time, interesting number of days, something else happens for those who are into that world of Marvel. I'm assuming somewhere someone has seen one of the 20-odd movies con- connected to this Marvel Universe. I'm assuming you've seen it somewhere. Yes, I know you have, David. Otherwise, if you've gone to see a movie, more than likely you've seen a poster. Or you might be absolutely over the fact, surely you're not doing another one. That's a but here is this other parallel universe uh, where there's an enemy that needs to be defeated and look who they have. Man, Captain America, a Thor, a god. Heck, they even have a Hulk. And still, they haven't won yet. Still there is more to come. The enemy Thanos has not been beaten just yet. It is, as they say, the end game. Up to this point, even in the parallel universe of movies it's all over more is needed because when you stop and think about the friday to the saturday i don't think those who were there are able to quickly just flick a switch that the way they were feeling on the friday when you've lost someone close to you you don't all of a sudden get up the next day and it's all good to go life is not like that and for those of you are here this morning who've lost one's life, is not like that. At Saturday, I mean, they must have been feeling on the Saturday that like, oh, it's, a, it's a nightmare. They were not running around bold and being full of strength and thinking, isn't it great that Jesus predicted this? Mark 8.31, Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. Mark 9.31, Jesus said, this is what is going to happen mark 10 34 guess what jesus said this is what is going to happen so even though he continually even in mark's gospel predicted this is what's going to happen and guess what it did happen as he predicted they still didn't get it they still didn't believe it the saturday emotional tur- turmoil the flip from friday it, it's tough enemy death has won Uh, it it really hasn't worked out even back to the universe of of marvel of course thanos uh, guess what he predicted he was going to wipe out half the universe and what happened it came true he did at this point in time the feeling that things are just so done must have been overwhelming mark describes this story in just eight simple verses and don't forget they're thinking how do we How do things change? How is there ever going to be a way back into this game? We don't get to Sunday somehow thinking, wow, we're ready to go. It's it's a dark moment, a dark moment. Eyewitnesses, angels, empty tomb, disciples feeling that they've failed, Jesus' predictions about what's going on. You know, it's not as if somehow Jesus before he died or before he went to trial was on the campaign trail let's just say and made some amazing announcements now if you vote for me and support me this is what's going to happen he did say some amazing things and powerful things by the way if you vote for me I'm going to die I don't know right now that might 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 be a helpful slogan for those in politics That probably wouldn't be one that would win votes don't tell me what you'd like them to say I haven't got time for that I'm going to die. Nor to give them some last display of power at this point. It's, uh, it was all very different with all this going on. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, like just imagine this moment in time. It hasn't. You, often, it, when things that you just go about and do things. Uh, oh, we not Who's going to roll the stone away? They're going to anoint the body with spices because the body more than likely would be smelling, and so they want to do something in that space to care, to demonstrate their love for Jesus. And they, it's like, what? How do we? do this don't forget they'd seen it all in fact Luke 24 verse 10 also adds Joanna in this spot of another woman being here don't forget they'd seen his trial they'd seen the whipping the pain the burial that they'd seen it all and now they're wondering what do we do how do we get to this how do we anoint his body how do we roll the stone away um They've got no concept of things are about to change. All their hopes and dreams, their thoughts of restoration is all smashed. It's not there. Um, their care for Jesus, I think, is profound. It is profound. And that's something we need to, I think, often reflect on. I remember uh, in Rhonda Wood about uh, a year and a bit ago when my sister-in-law Anne passed away um, I'd been seeing her just before Christmas and uh, she was in the very, very late stages of cancer and she's still with us. And I said to her, I said, Anne, would you like me to give you communion? And she said, that would be great. And so uh, the Sunday, the 17th of December, Rhonda and I, my brother Malcolm, our two sons and Malcolm's son Chris, we sat around the hospital bed, Anne was still awake and uh, it was very tough. We'd all been visiting and uh, and I I had some bread and wine. I think the bread became very soggy because there were just so many tears from everyone. And even in that moment, and saying the words like, you know, that Jesus did this for you, Anne, and his body was broken for you, I know it was all true, I know it's all true. But it was still very, very tough to care in that way. We uh, left the hospital... And uh, I think driving home with uh, Rhonda, it was like just still in a state of disbelief. And uh, we were praying uh, that God would take Anne uh, beyond the 18th of December, because the 18th of December was uh, my brother Malcolm's and his wife's 41st wedding anniversary. And so of all the days you don't want someone to pass away on, that's got to be one of the days. However, 8 o'clock that night, he rang and she'd gone. He will walk with that he is called home but you just the caring aspect of what it's like when you're losing a loved one many of you know what that's like you don't give up you keep being there no matter what you are seeing and you go about your business and that's what I was doing as a minister I'll give you commun- I'll go about doing what I can do the women are in that spot attending to Jesus' needs they're, they're tired they're exhausted they're in deep pain they do it. Why? Because they're doing what families do. And families care. They're doing that in this spot. And praise God. I know you all want to say it. Praise God for the women. Someone might say amen. Just like in the parallel universe. Praise God for the women. Because how the heck can any victory happen if there isn't for a strong woman? Amen. <laughs> We have one brave man amongst many. Someone right there on the care card, one brave man said, Amen. His photo now will come up on the screen. Uh, Let us not somehow think it doesn't matter. Let's hold firmly to the fact that Jesus could have revealed himself to anyone. Please understand that. He could have done it to the disciples. He didn't do that. He could have done it to the religious leaders. Wouldn't that have gone down really poorly? As if they would have done anything with it. He revealed it to the most devalued, underrated, set-aside group of all time, the women. Ones who no one ever really believes their testimony. And yet our Lord decided to reveal himself to this group. Let us never forget that, no matter who you are. Just like in this parallel universe. And we should thank our Lord for that. And we get to this other point. So how can there be restorations? Because people talk about the game of thrones. There's only one throne. There's only one Lord. There's only one King. There's only one who rules now. There's only one who's risen and that is Jesus. And indeed, we say that he is risen. We say that maybe not enough, but indeed he is risen. Let's see what Mark says. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. I'm guessing they, heck, uh, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified and just in a few simple words, all humanity and history changes. He has risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. Uh, This might be good news. Again, it is true news. What does that do to you? He's he's risen. He's not here. He lives. You know, from who's going to roll the stone away to the sense of what? What? How could this be? Shock, disbelief. What is going on? Uh, and, and don't forget back historically many people would have been buried would have been buried with possessions and so grave robbing would have been fairly common not that we would think that somehow Jesus was being buried with lots of rich possessions and so there would have been concern what's going on, where is he? no one expected a resurrection and look just pause for a moment and think about The Saturday, you know if I read to you from Matthew's account of the Saturday, Saturday was a busy day by the way, between Friday and Sunday, in Matthew 27 verse 62 we read this, the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate, sir they said, we remember that while he was still alive that deceiver said, After three days I'll rise again, so give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first, Matthew 27. No one expected it. Saturday was a busy day, all that work to make sure it was guarded, that the tomb was there, the stone had been put in place. In, in Matthew 27, you see, in fact, that an angel appears and the guards go into some divine coma. And they're shocked. The women here in Mark, they see no guards, they see no body, the, it's, the tomb's empty. What is going on? And the disciples didn't steal the body. Why would they steal the body? They, didn't, they thought it was all over. They weren't expecting anything more to happen. And so what do we read but go tell his disciples and peter i'll say that slowly because uh, again like you see with the tenderness of jesus on the cross when he says my god my god why have you forsaken me that repetition is a sign of tenderness martha martha jerusalem O oh, jerusalem Sometimes my mum would say to me, Ian, Ian. The repetitive phrase has an impact all on its own. The gentleness. Peter was in a very difficult spot. You might know that Peter had denied Jesus. You might know that Peter was not in a good spot. And here there is a personal word to Peter. Go and tell everyone and just say to Peter, He's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you, trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Full stop, Mark ends the account. And this issue of going to Galilee, again, Jesus had said it back in Mark 14, verse 28, tell them to meet me in Galilee. He keeps giving information. And, and somehow, don't forget, you only have to, to jump into John's account in John 20 verse 19. Where were the disciples after this? They were in the upper room. And what had happened in the upper room? The doors were locked. And they were, they were shaking and they had no expectation of any of this. And Jesus appears to them. What's he saying? Peace be with you. I wonder how you would have been in that spot. Uh, you know i love i love the fact that he said to the women uh go out they said nothing to anyone most people sadly somehow think that unlike men women talk you can laugh at that if you like it's sort of a half-hearted joke that also affirms the truth of what they said nothing to anyone they said nothing it was just bewildered the This man, this good guy, moved to this other spot. There's a greatness about it. And they were just amazed, stunned. Uh, Why does all this matter? Uh, Because it's true. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15. For what I received I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. You have to sit there and uh, you might have been dragged to church this morning by a loved one. Good on you, loved one, whoever you might be. You might have had other plans, sitting at home, having coffee, chocolate eggs, I don't know, breakfast down at North Beach, who knows? But you cannot leave this morning somehow thinking well that guy up there in that suit's either a lunatic that could be true hold the response but he's saying this is true he's saying that these words from the apostle paul all those years ago he's saying that this man called jesus who was crucified who died was buried rose again on the third day that's a historical fact affirmed by history, affirmed by heaven through the angels. Oh, I do believe in the supernatural. I'm sure you do too. Affirmed by eyewitness accounts, not just Matthew, Mark and Luke and John. Indeed, the eyewitness women who were there, the ones least expected to see this. On every account, so you're saying this is true. Yes, I'm saying this is true. I'm saying this is where hope comes in because hope is so powerful. It is such an impactful thing because he's risen. And maybe we don't get it right sometimes. But the fact that Christ lives today means we live today. And I think most people struggle with that. I think most people sort of can come to terms on the death thing. Oh yeah, we die. And so he died. But how do you deal with the fact that he lives? I think that's where most humanity stumble over. How do you deal with the fact that he lives? You see, hope, is in the grey area of life and as stott said we live and die yet christ died and lived that's like wow mark writes and uh, he doesn't easily wipe the pain of death out as much as today we're going to cheer and shout and holler as we should do as we should do but i think mark writes also for those who struggle like the women who fled and left and were finding it difficult to process. Sometimes I think it's like being in a small boat and the wind is howling and you're just thinking, oh, I wish Jesus was physically there. Watching some of my loved ones pass away, I have no doubts that I've gone home thinking, I wished Jesus was physically there to stop it happening. He wasn't. Secondly, how about some angels? That'll help. My faith, many of your faith, all of your faith, is based on the eyewitness accounts of others. In my darkness, in our darkness, sometimes I think I'd like to see more. And let's be clear here, The resurrected Jesus did not convince everyone. And my guess is, if you have not been convinced yet on this day, or last year, or ten years ago, or in five years' time, you still may not be convinced that the resurrected Jesus lives. And if you're not yet convinced that the resurrected Jesus lives, which means those who have faith in him will live, what is it you want him to do for you? What is the miracle you're after? What is the evidence you need? Because it seems to me it doesn't matter how much I say has happened, you might want more and more. You see, it's convinced me, it's convinced many of us here. And don't forget, don't forget the confession on Friday which I shared from Mark 15, from verse 39, was from the guard, the centurion who was there, who watched Jesus die on the cross. And remember what he said at the cross, surely this man is the Son of God. So that confession is at the cross, not an empty tomb. All that's happening in that moment in time. It's unsettling enough to come to terms with jesus death as i said but his restoration his new life is a game changer and so we come to this moment in time where i want you to consider is it true that the resurrection happened yes is it true that this restoration can happen for me yes is it true that god is making all things new I sometimes think of those words from Isaiah, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. The story of the resurrection is not just good news, it is true news. It means that death has no power over us. Death cannot take us from the arms of the loving Father. Whatever news you face... Whatever challenges you face, resurrection is coming. Whatever laughter you have in your heart, as we see from these young energetic girls, may you have that same energy. May you dance and sing, no matter what is coming. No matter if your health is failing, don't live in fear. Why? Because resurrection is coming. The married couple who struggle... And maybe struggle and have to be chased around the house. (laughs) The married couple who might feel the pang of pain because they just don't know how to fix their life and to get it back on track. Resurrection is coming, there is hope in what Christ has done. To the parents, the godparents, the grandparents, the lonely, the lost, the unemployed, the employed, the captains of industry, the principals, the men and women teachers here, all of you, no matter what you're facing in the future, no matter what has been happened in the past, resurrection is coming. His resurrection assures us of our resurrection. This means that we are all restored. All humanity is invited into this spot as Wright said from the beginning. What a wonderful news story that is for all of us on this day. And in a moment I'm going to invite those who are in that space to take ownership of that and to be in that spot. And I'm also going to invite those who are not in that spot to join us in that spot, no matter what your circumstance is. Maybe some of you today need to take a step of faith and say, I now realise it's not just good news, it's true news. Christ indeed is making all things new. Take a moment to reflect on that as you're ministered in song. Uh, just because Greg's still there, could you just personally thank my brother Greg? He's done a lot over the weekend. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Whitney. Our whole team's done a great job. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, as a grandfather, uh, let me speak to you as an older man, if I may. Uh, Many of us it seems feel uncomfortable when little ones are running around and we feel a bit awkward, don't know what to do, don't know where to turn, "Mm, you shouldn't be doing that and all that sort of stuff, you need to get over that, I get over that pretty quickly. What's more awkward though is the fact that you've sat here today and you might be distant from the Lord, now that's something I'm uncomfortable about. That's something that makes me feel very disturbed that you would now leave this building and indeed stand before the living God and say, I never knew you rose from the dead. No one ever told me that. You you can't say that. I didn't know it was good news and true news. Well, you can't say that because I've dispelled that myth. So you have to be very quick in your thinking about what you intend to say to the one who made you and we all stand before him and give an account of our lives. So all the best with that. Or maybe you're at a distance from God and you're thinking... I need to get back into that space. Or maybe you never ever made a decision to get in that space. There's a prayer on the screen. Lord, thank you for paying the price for our restoration. Lord, thank you for the testimony of others. Man, I'm so thankful for the testimony of others. I'm imagining so many people here are thankful for the testimony of others. Lord, help my unbelief and accept me as I am. He doesn't want you somehow to change. Lord, thank you for all you've done, for the fresh start you've given me. You can let her go and let her run free. That sounds like a great title for a song, but I'm guessing it's already been written for those who love music. Sister, do not worry. The angels in heaven have a way of enjoying life and laughing. Why do I know that? Because I only have to look around to see who God made. To think, man, they might just sit back and think, we are an odd people. We believe in something like this. So there's that prayer. And I genuinely say to you as an older man, maybe with just a little bit of wisdom. Deal with these questions. Deal with the God who's given his life. Deal with Easter of 2019. Let this restoration that many of us hold on to be your restoration. Let it be something that you walk with no matter where you've come from, no matter even why you are here. In a moment, I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm going to say it slowly and say it out loud and then uh, Karen's going to come up and assist you. So right now, I'm going to say it. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, to close your eyes. It's up to you whether you're going to close them. But, uh, and if you want to make this your prayer, even as a prayer of getting back into relationship with God or even making a first step, to get back in with God. And I say to you, pray it. Pray it with earnestness. Pain is real in this life. It's genuine. Let this prayer be your prayer so you can start afresh in 2019. I'll say it slowly so you can repeat it in your heart. Lord, thank you for paying the price for our restoration. Lord, thank you for the testimony of others. Lord, help my unbelief and accept me as I am. Lord, thank you for all that you have done and for the fresh start you have given me. Amen. I hope that's your prayer. Take care.